guys ready? You ready? I'm going to preach my heart out tonight. This just happens to be my passion. So I'm going to leave my heart out here. And you can do whatever you want with it. Tonight I'm not leaving anything in the tank. I hope I wake up tomorrow in time for church. But it's your fault because you had a service on Saturday night. Come on and you are here. God is going to speak to you. You're doing the right thing by being here tonight. You made an effort to come out. God's going to speak a word in your heart that you need to hear. Now, I'm going to warn you. When the message goes forth tonight, there's going to be something inside of you saying, I got to do something. I got to do something. I got this mandate inside of me, and I got to do something. I encourage you to connect with your pastor. Pastors are just waiting to say, get in the game. There's a role for you. There's a responsibility that you have. So tonight, I believe that with all of my heart. Tonight, God is going to be extremely clear with you. But we got to look at this. The Bible says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Tonight, if it's all right for just a moment, I want to speak to you about the assignment. The assignment. You may hear it as purpose. I want to call it an assignment tonight. The assignment of God for your life. When we talk about the assignments, tonight I believe that an assignment is so critical that before you leave this earth, that every 
single last person in this room understand this, that you are not an accident. That before the foundations of the earth were laid, God knew you. And God has a specific task for every single person in this room. If I can just explain this for you, just I didn't grow up in a, in a church. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have the luxury of hearing the gospel when I was younger. I didn't go to Sunday school. I didn't have Sunday school teachers. I, I, I didn't know the Bible. I, they would hold up signs in these wrestling matches that said Stone Cold 316, or John 316. I had no clue what those numbers meant. Man, I was biblically illiterate, man. Had no understanding, had no desire. I, man, when I tell you I was lost, man, I was lost. But he found me. He reached down to me and he took me just the way I was. I didn't have to get right, then come to church. He met me right where I was. And I'm so thankful tonight that God just doesn't save us, but he sets us apart. He calls us his own. But watch this. He empowers us and he gives us a clear assignment from him. an assignment over your life whether you know it or not you were made by God's design every single last one of us and I want to just say this God is patient with us he's patient with us tonight when we talk about the purpose and plan for our lives, it must be rooted in these three things. It has to be clear. I mentioned this maybe to you, D. I mentioned this. I mentioned this to my church, and it's, I mean, every time I preach, I get convicted. I don't know. It's like I'm preaching to myself, and I get convicted. And one time I was preaching this past Sunday, and I said something that just convicted me. And I looked out into the, my, my church, and I said, all of us are called to do ministry. All of us are in the ministry. When Jesus comes in, all of us are called to the ministry of reconciliation, bringing men back to God. And I mentioned that all of us in ministry, but watch this, and I said this, and I couldn't believe it, but I just the Lord just convicted me. Many people are in ministry, but not everyone is on the mission. I stood up, and I said, God, let me not be in ministry, but off the mission. Churches are dying because they're doing ministry, but forgot about the mission. Here's why. It has to be clear. It has to be intentional. And it has to be focused. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Indian Pentecostal Church, here it is. When we come here, we got to know what we're all about. We got to know that we're here. Fellowship is wonderful. Celebrating birthdays, come on, it's wonderful. Happy birthday to you. Great. Awesome. Children's choirs, great, phenomenal. Activity, awesome. But the reason why we do everything is to make disciples. We have to become a generation in a church that is extremely focused in these last days. Clear and intentional and focused purpose, here's what it will do for us as individuals in the church. It'll motivate you. It will keep your priorities straight. And it will develop your potential. Before you do anything, always ask yourself this, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? 
Why am I coming to church? Why am I raising my kids in God's house? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is your motivation? I know the reason why I get up in the morning. I know the reason why I exist is because I want my life to be fruitful unto God. I want God to receive my life. I recognize that my life now belongs to him, that I was made to worship him. Now listen, worship is not just the songs that we sing, but it's a lifestyle that is lived. My life is a life song unto God. It's not just the words from my mouth, but does he have my heart? God did not give me the Bible so that I can become a smarter sinner. He gave me this word so that he can transform my life. Oftentimes you will be the only Bible that people read. The assignment of God will develop your potential. I believe this with all of my heart. I am not where I'm supposed to be right now, but I'm on the journey. All of us are developing and we're growing. So I want to take a look at Paul's assignment. and I want to discover some truths about what comes our way as a result of receiving our assignment. You know, you may understand this as purpose, but I want to talk about it as an assignment. Your assignment is critical for you because when you understand your assignment, you will recognize divine appointments in your life. There are divine appointments that are waiting for you, whether you understand it or not. There is a reason why God has you in this place. At this time, for this season, God will produce fruit in your life. Every single, listen, every person I come in contact with, I'm waiting for my divine appointment. Why? Because my life is on his trajectory. I'm no longer living for myself anymore. You remember those days when you were living for yourself and the crowd that you kept around you? We brought fruit not unto God, we brought fruit unto death. But now that we're living for God, it's, it's, it's different. So how do I go about discovering my purpose or my assignment? You will discover this when you are hungry enough to carry it out. The book of Romans, I love this book of the Bible. We're going to have a good time tonight. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 and 6 I love this book of the Bible. I love Paul. He was so awesome. How many know Paul was spirit-filled? Hey. How many know Paul, how many know Paul was spirit-filled? Well, how do we know that Paul was spirit-filled? Um, let's just, he wrote about 12 books of the Bible. His, I'm going to leave that alone. Bible says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him and for his namesake, we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. Who gave Paul this assignment? And who gave him the power in order to do this? God. God will give you the power to accomplish the task that he calls you to. <laughs> oh, that's going to be good. Sorry, I get a little excited. He says, and you also among those who are called and belong to Jesus Christ. Before I discuss with you purpose and assignment, I want you to look at a few key words that are really important that he has with God. Listen to this. I want to point out to you three words that Paul refers to himself as it relates to his assignment. First of all, Paul says this, I am what? A servant. Notice... The Bible doesn't say Apostle Paul. Here is 
I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to hit you anymore. I promise. I know a lot of people with a lot of different titles in front of their name. My identity cannot be simply in what I do. My identity must be grounded in my identification with Christ. Paul says, I, Paul, all I am is a servant of Christ, a person who performs duties for others, a devoted and helpful follower or supporter. What would it look like if we raised up a bunch of servants for Jesus? People who don't matter, who don't worry about titles and positions and this and that, who gets to preach and who doesn't preach and who serves and who doesn't serve and who's serving over. We get so caught up on, on titles that we forget the one who we're serving. This drives me insane. All I am is a servant. All I do is serve people. Okay, here's what Jesus says. The greatest among you, the greatest among you will serve. Paul then says, I'm called. You know what I did before I preached? You know where God got me from? It was so cool. You know where God found me at? Not just in my sin. We already went over that. But you know what my first position was in the church? Clean toilets. I was so good at it. I, I took pride in cleaning toilets, okay? Because when people came to my church and you smell Lysol, come on, ladies. There's, there's nothing like a smell of Lysol in your house. Come on, come on, ladies. The guys, we don't know about this. Oh, we destroy it. You clean it, and we just like, praise the Lord. But Lysol, I would be in church, and I'm, I'm, I'm singing worship songs in the bathroom. Oh, and I was singing these. Remember these old school songs that we used to sing? Uh, let, me, let me just talk about this one song that we used to sing. What did we used to sing? We used to sing, uh, 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 whatever. We used to sing some old school song. And I'm cleaning the toilets, and I'm cleaning the toilets. And when people walk by, and they go, mm, it smells good in here, that's a win, Jesus. That's a win. I get excited about toilets being clean in church. I'll pass it and go, hey, you want to preach? No, he says, hey, serve under there. And I did it. It's the lowest positions where I receive the most gratification. All right, Paul, he says, I'm called. Many times, people are doing things that they're not called to do. Calling doesn't come from you want to do it. Calling comes from God saying you need to do it. It will be amazing if spirit-filled believers understood what they're called to do. The world will never be the same. Your community will never be the same. If people start operating in things that they're called to do, not everything that you see means you're called to do it. All right. Call. Watch this. The call of God will sustain you in what you do. Boy, I heard a baby say, ah, come on, somebody. I can't overlook this, but Paul then says, I'm set apart. Oh, I love that sound. I'm set apart. I call this sanctification. Nowadays, we're living in a generation where I don't know who's saved anymore. We're looking too much like the world. We're, we're, it used to be a season where 
I know it was like, call it old school, call it what you want, but it was like way right. And it was like, if you go to movies, you're going to hell. Like, well, okay, but, but now it's just like we just, just whatever. We're just allowing anything. We don't even know who's saved, who's not saved. Can I go this? Can I do this? Like, can I be close to the line and still get into heaven? We should be saying, where's the line? Get me away from it. I want to live for Jesus. I want to be set apart because I belong to him. I want to honor him. It's not about the things that I do to honor the pastor. My pastor is Jesus. I want to honor him. This set apart, this sanctification. Okay, here it is. No one in my church told me what I needed to change. They allowed the Holy Spirit to do it. Because he's the greatest teacher ever. When I came into the presence of God, I was convicted of my sin, not because of what someone said, because I learned how to hear his voice. Okay. If we will stop pointing out people's faults and let the Holy Spirit do it, it will be a lot better. Because what happens is we'll point out something that they're doing or not doing and not realizing that we're doing the same things. Then we cause judgment on ourselves. He says, I'm set apart. I am holy. Many times people want to be called to do something without this sanctification. And it looks a hot mess. We rely on our gifts and our talents and not the anointing of the Spirit of God. So assignment. What is an assignment? Paul recognized early on that if he was going to accomplish great things for God, there were some things that he had to let go of first. Now let's look at discovering your assignment, but what it comes with. You ever walk into class and uh, anybody go to school in here? Hey, young people, you like school? No, me neither. Praise God. But I remember going to school. Remember high school guys? Now, this is a long time ago, but we still remember. You remember when we had hair? Do you remember when we got a shape up in the front? Look at us now. Bald. Don't laugh so much. I remember being in high school, and uh, high school was so much fun until I had to go to class. So I'm in high school or whatever, and, you know, the best thing about high school was not the classroom. It was the hallways. And lunchtime, oh, am I talking to somebody in this room? I loved hanging out, having a good time. Didn't know they called it fellowship. I'd be walking in the hallways, and this was the best thing. When someone acknowledged you in the hallway, it was the best. It was like, yo, Mayo, yo, what's up? Hey, call me later. And you think you all Mr. Popular? That's just one person that knows you. But it was cool. It was cool. And I was just like, oh, it was so much fun. And then they gave us four minutes to get to class. And I always knew this, this I had it down pat. I knew when it was three minutes and then I, I'm running to class and whatever. And then I'm, I'm, you know, and then teachers started standing at the door. So that they could close the door faster. Threw my timing off big time. But I remember just kind of, hey, what's up? I'll see you later. All right. And then I get through the classroom door, and my teacher's sitting there like this. I'm like, we're just having a good time. Go to class. I don't want to be in there. It's boring. And I had to go to class. And then in the classroom, they had this thing set up called an assignment. Why else was I in school? They had a. I'm going to take it back on you because now y'all got smart boards. i never seen a smart board on. It's always on. Whatever. That's just my. Remember the chalkboards? If you remember a chalkboard, just kind of raise your hand. You still got chalk on your hands right now. Chalkboard and the teacher would just. You remember the left-handed teachers that would get it all on their hands? And they, they writing and erasing it all at the same time. And so they had to write in the air. You remember those days? And then the teacher would take their hand and put it on there. And then they would have chalk all down their leg. 
praise God. But on the right side of the board, there was clear instructions. The teacher would do this thing called SWBAT. Do you remember that? You guys didn't have that in Indian school? Huh? You didn't have that on Indian school? Oh, that's because you're so smart, right? We didn't have this. Well, we had it up on the board, and it was SWBAT. You know what that said? Students will be able to. That's what it said. And it will say semicolon. Well, it would be a semicolon. I want to say semicolon. You get what I'm saying. And then there will be things that she will write up there. And it will be all on the board. And so we walk in and we act like we don't see it. And then the teacher will say, students will be able to. And then it will say, after you receive this assignment, you should be able to do it. That's what it says. And so I just kind of remember whatever. And so the teacher wasn't putting it up on the board to hope that we do it. She put it up on the board because she expected it to be done. So by the time you leave, you had to hit those marks or you didn't pass the class. I believe that Jesus has written on the board already. I believe that the assignment is very clear. I think the problem is we've gotten off of the mandate. And he is expecting for us to get the job done. He is expecting that before we leave the classroom of the Holy Spirit, that everything he desires, that the assignment over your life ought to be accomplished by the time we leave this earth. God, it has to be clear. Five characteristics that an assignment brings and we're done. One, your assignment comes with clear instructions. And everyone said, amen. Okay. Do you guys celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Praise God. Do you get toys and stuff? Kids get toys. I get toys still. You get the bill. <laughs> That's why you're always angry. <laughs> we'll talk after. Yeah, yeah, I know. We'll talk after. Yeah. I know, man. Remember what the message earlier was go to sleep. Just go to, just, just lay down, go to sleep, wake up. Hopefully the bill is gone. Praise God. I know, it's a miracle because you got to pay it. Praise God. Instructions. So during Christmas time, I'll get, like, stuff for my kids or whatever. And my wife will get these things that come with many parts. Many parts. I'm talking 20, 25. She expects me to put this stuff together, okay? Just kind of letting you know this. I'm not a Bob the Builder, but I, I get it. So I'll, I'll take it out of the box. And guess what I'll try to do? Because I want to do it really fast. These instructions are written in Jap Japanese. In every language under the sun. I, I, I mean, English is just really small. So I'm just, you know what? Forget the instructions. I got this. So you know what we do as guys. We look at the box. We compare it to the toy. And we say, surely we can do this. Take out all the stuff. You know what we do. Come on, guys. We put it together. My wife asked this question. Did you use the instructions? Surely I did. Surely I did. Absolutely. Why, why, why does that look like that? You know me, smooth. I know it's wrong. But I'm going, what's wrong with it? Because my pride won't allow me to say I did it wrong. So to me... From my perspective, it's right. Whether the kid can write it or not, who cares? I put it together, and we're going to make this happen. My wife then says, you know what? Give me the tools. 
I'll do it. And would you imagine this? She has to dismantle the whole thing that I did wrong, make it right, and then make sure that the kid is. Do you know that we are wasting God's time when we're not following his instructions? He gives us clear instructions. Hey, this is what I want. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in all of Judea and all of Samaria. But God, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. But God, why this and why the longer we're asking why, the more time we are wasting. God, it got to come with clear instructions. Listen to Acts chapter 9, verse, verse number 5. It says, oh, I love this. Remember, remember Paul, this is Paul having a moment, and he had an encounter with God, and then Ananias comes, and he's speaking to him, and God tells, oh, I love this stuff, man. God tells Ananias, hey, hey, listen, I need you to go down to Jerusalem Avenue. No, it was called Straight Street. I need you to go down to Straight Street, and there you're going to find a man by the name of Saul. And here's what Ananias did. He would have did, this is, Ananias is from where I'm at. I can identify with Ananias because he just had a hard time with believing that somebody like a Saul can get saved. So he goes, uh, who, what, Saul? Saul? God, do you know who Saul is? He persecuting the church? He dragging people out of their home? Not that Saul. God says, yep, that is my chosen instrument. Go get him. Go get who? Go get Saul. What do you want me to do? Tap him on the shoulder. Bring clarity to him. Yeah. God ever speak to you about going to somebody who you don't like? If it's not happening, that means you're not hearing from God. God cares about every person, whether you like him or not. Oh, my God, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. When the disciples heard Samaria, that they had to go, what? Huh? Samaria, are you kidding me? Those half-breeds, they're not even fully Jew. Why are we going? God says, yep, them too. Your enemies, go to them. So he goes, watch the clear instructions here. I love this. Watch what he tells him. This is so cool. This is like so awesome. God told him, he tells him this. He goes, now say it with me because I can't read. Read it slow. Now, okay, well, well, hey, not too much. You know how we can't handle too much information at once. He says, now get up. Okay. Okay, now go into the city. What? I don't like that, man. I'm being honest with you. I don't like that. Because as a man, I like to know where I'm going. And I like to know everything about it before I... God speaks to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to go to a city that I will later show you. God never shows you the entire plan. He simply says, will you go? Oh, God, what if I don't like where I go? You're the servant, remember? Clear instructions helps you. Clear instructions. Your purpose becomes foggy when you get away from God's purpose. We need clear instructions. Get up. And go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I can't deal with too much information at all at once. So anybody married in here? Raise your hand real quick. Okay, good. Awesome. Hope you stay married after this. My wife, you know, she plays these games at nighttime. 10 o'clock, you trying to sleep. I go, I, brother, it don't work for me either. Stay with me. It's nighttime. It's 1030, and I'm sleeping or trying to go to sleep. I'm an early bird. She's a, she stays up late. She goes, I go, hey. Uh, she goes, so I'm, I'm getting all in my comfortable spot. Now, I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm laying down. Here's my wife. Hey, can you go get me a water? Uh, yeah. 10 o'clock, I like her. You know, 10 in the morning. But if it's 10.30 at night, I'm thinking, oh, you, you couldn't get that when you were down there? You were just down there. You know, I'm thinking it's all in my, I'm not saying it, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh, what? Oh, hey. 
Of course, my love, I'll go get you a water. I'm going down to get her a water. You know what's happening, fellas. I'm getting the water. I'm coming back with the water. Hey, honey. Oh, uh, yeah, what up? Oh, hey, yeah. Can you bring me back a Snickers? Now I'm throwing stuff, you know, I'm just. Now, fellas, you know what we do. We run up the steps really quick. Make sure she hear me. Hey! Oh! Ah! I forgot. Can you pass me the washcloth that's down there too? That's next to the stuff. And, uh, and I'm going, I'm hustling, man. I'm angry. I get everything and I finally get to her. And I go. Honey, can we, can we have this marriage counseling right now? Please, from now on. I had this talk with her. We're good now. Can you just tell me everything that you need all at once? Like, all, like bring, it, bring it all together. Before I go, just tell me all at once. And then I'll bring it back to you. She goes, you know what she told me? It's very prophetic. Very prophetic. She goes... I used to do that to you. Do you remember? I said, no. She goes, that's the problem. When I tell you everything at once, typically you forget something. I go, no. She goes, yeah, it happens all the time. So she goes, what I'll do is I'll try to tell you one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing at a time. So that way, when the time you get to me, you're not wasting time running back and forth, wherever, you know, whatever. And I go, that, you know what this is called? That's called demonic. Because I'm losing my mind here, and you just won't give me everything all at once. You know what she said? She said, no, because you're going to forget something along the way. I believe that that is prophetic. God doesn't show us everything because we'll forget something along the way. You put one foot in front of the other. God will lead you and guide you. He'll give you enough for your journey so that you don't forget anything while you're doing your assignment. Oh, my God. Secondly, as the worship team can come, I'm going too long. God, your assignment comes with warnings and hardships. He goes, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I don't like that scripture verse. Believers, we don't like to suffer. We love comfort. Let me just help you out, spirit-filled believers. Sometimes you're going to go through some stuff, and it's going to hurt. Sometimes as you're fulfilling the plans that God has for you, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, sometimes things don't go as you planned. Sometimes hardships come. Has anyone ever been on your assignment and you got discouraged because something took place? It rocks your faith. But I'm so thankful for the word of God that says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you will be mature, not lacking anything. Second Corinthians 2 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 says I love this what it says it says for our for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all nothing will compare to you completing the assignment of God for your life verse 18 says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal that's what the Bible says thirdly your assignment comes with promises Acts 9 15 says this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel I want you to know this that that promise carried Paul through through Rome 
If you read up on the life of Paul, Paul was in a shipwreck and his, the ship was like literally in trouble. He's on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar. And the ship gets into a wreck. He lands on an island called Malta. And on that island, there was a sick individual. The Bible says he laid hands on him and he recovered. Sometimes a detour is not a detour. Sometimes a detour will lead you in the path of the assignment of God that you never saw. Paul was a man on an assignment. He was a man with the gospel hidden in his heart. He understood that the promise of God will sustain him. Fourthly, your assignment comes with rewards. For the Bible says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Let me tell you this. Not everything that is promised to you is going to happen on this side of eternity. I've come to grips with this. Not everything that God has shown me doesn't mean that I am called to accomplish it. I remember the dialogue between Moses and God. He says, Moses, go up that mountain. I'm going to show you at a distance the place that you longed for. And he saw at a distance the promise, but he never entered in. that God gave you, that God gave you. The promise of God does not come with an expiration date. The promise of God will outlive us. He is faithful to generation after generation after generation. But will you do your part? The promise of God, the rewards, man, you will not receive it all on this side. But Paul says, he will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And lastly, I have to say this. Your assignment comes with an expiration date. We're running out of time. Most believers live their lives like they know when Jesus is coming. in their hearts there's something burning inside of me and I know that our time is short so we gotta work church what is the assignment of God for your life what is God's assignment for your life how will your life bring God glory Are you fulfilling God's assignment for your life? If not, why not? Two, if your life was to end right now, will God say, well done, my good and faithful servant? I believe that time is ticking. Every day someone is slipping to eternity that don't know God. Even while we sit in the church, there's someone that is dying without the gospel right now. And the question is this. If this doesn't bother you, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus pour out his spirit upon us? My prayer for us today is this. God, give us a hunger for souls again. 
What I love about this is this. Your assignment can be connected to someone else's destiny. Ananias, we don't read much about him in the Bible. His assignment was connected to the Apostle Paul who was to take the gospel to the ends of the world. But I will tell you this, Ananias did his part. He wasn't the one that was going to take the gospel to the end of the world, but he was destined, he was linked to the man. Can I ask you this question? Who is your life linked to? That's why I do what I do. It's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through me so that others can receive him and know this love that we have. I'll tell you this. I meet people every day. They say, Pastor, these are people that don't know God. Pastor, I'm going to come to your church one day I had a dollar for everybody who said they were going to come to church, I'd be a rich man. But he goes, Pastor, these are people who cannot communicate the gospel. They have no clue. They're in darkness. Pastor, there's something inside of you that I need, but I just don't know. I meet people like this. They don't know. Are you living your life in such a way that people will walk and follow you to this place? If not, why? My prayer for you is that your life would bear fruit and that God will get all the glory. So can we ask God tonight, pour out your spirit upon me. God, and when you do, God, like Paul, show me my assignment, God. And I guarantee you that your assignment is bigger than you. God will show you exactly what he's calling you to do. And he will empower you to do it. Tonight, can we stand? Can we stand to our feet tonight? Simple call tonight. Simple call tonight. 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 I don't want you to stay in your seats tonight, okay? This is too important. Way too important. You say, well, what is it a big deal about going up? It means everything. Trust me. If you're able to do it, I encourage you to do it. But tonight, we're not going to stay in our seats tonight. Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to be very specific with God. God, one, God, empower us. God, empower me. Here it is. God, tonight, Lord, I give you my life. God, I don't even know what that all means, but God, tonight I give you my life. I'm sure that Paul was shaken when he saw the, that bright light and he fell to the ground. He was blind for that moment. I remember, I, I can hear Ananias. I wonder what that dialogue was all about. As, as it was so powerful because Ananias didn't just say, get up. Uh, Ananias took him by the hand and he helped him up there. God is calling you to help people up. Help them up. Use your hands to touch people that need him. Tonight, we say, God, God, I surrender. God, I surrender. God, use me, oh God. God, help me to discover my gifts. Lord, help me. Help me to understand my assignment. God, I need it to be clear. Lord, I've been so wrapped up in my own thoughts, my own thing, my own work. But tonight, God, I give it to you, Jesus. Tonight, can we take a step of faith? Come on, all across this room tonight. Tonight, if you are breathing in this room, on a, on a Saturday night, you say, God, I want my assignment tonight. Would you do me this favor? Will you do God this honor by getting out of your seats and making your way up to the front? All we're going to do, we're just going to lift our hands up to God and allow God to speak to us and show us and to reveal things to us that we don't have right now, but the Spirit of God will blow. He'll blow, he'll blow, he'll blow because he loves people. He loves people and he'll honor his word. He honors his word above all things tonight. May the power of God fall on my 
Let them fall upon us because we can't do this in our own strength. Tonight, can we do this? Can we come? Come on, church. Come on, church. I, I invite you. I implore you to come. Would you come? Would you make your way to the front? Come on. Don't stay in your pews. Don't stay in your seats. Come on, men. Let's lead the way. Come on. And let's just say, God, reveal yourself to me, Lord. Reveal yourself, oh God. God, reveal yourself tonight. God, we want to know this assignment for our lives. Tonight, don't hold back. Tonight, go all in with God tonight. Tonight, there is an assignment for your life. God is a giver of many gifts. Tonight, God will reveal himself to us. Jesus. Jesus. God, tonight, we need you. Come on, just lift up those hands before God. Whether you're at this altar, you're at your seat. God, we need you. Yes, oh God, would you surrender tonight? Come on, withholding nothing. I surrender. Come on, church. Everything. Oh God, we give to you. I surrender all to you. Come on, church. Can we give it over to God tonight? Come on, let's with all the nothing. God, we surrender. We surrender. Come on, would you lift up those hands tonight? Everything. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.
just wait on the Lord tonight?
God, speak a clear word to me, oh God. God, what ministry are you calling me to serve in, God? God, what are you calling me to do?
Would you simply give your life to Jesus? Will you surrender your life? Will you give your life? Will you lay your life down for the master? Lord God, that we will get in one accord with the Spirit of God. Father, breathe on us. We thank you. 